I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. You're here for a weekend update for the week ending March 20, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's on the docket? What do we have on either side of the tape? The bull side or the bear side? What does the work tell us should happen versus what it looks like is happening. We're going to discuss all this stuff in this video. It's a serious time. And on one hand, we always say we've been here before. Bull markets, bear markets, crashes, corrections. We've been here before, whatever it is. However, we also must note this is new and uncharted waters. We really haven't been here before. None of us have experienced a crash of this magnitude this quickly before. So we have to heed that. We have to understand that since we are in uncharted waters, anything is possible. We have to expect the unexpected. We have to prepare for what could happen, what might happen on both the bull case and the bear case. Right out of the chute, big picture, let's kind of step back and say, what jumps off the chart at me? What is the absolute thing on the screen that says, hey, look at this, this just isn't normal? Other than the crash, there's a couple of other things that would jump off the page at me. Number one is something we discuss all the time, and it's home base. We are extremely extended away from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. It's the red trend line. And right now on the daily chart, we're about as far away from home base as I've ever seen the market. So how do we use that information? You can't trade on that information, but we can use that information. We store it away in our mind. It's an awareness thing. The market doesn't necessarily like to get too far away for too long from home base. So that being said, doesn't mean we can't go lower. It just means we're coming into a situation once again, or we've been in a situation and continue to be in a situation where we will get a rip your face off snapback rally. However, we're not sure yet from what price. That's the main issue. We can all agree from where is this freaking snapback rally going to happen? Now, the second thing that jumps off the chart is what happened last week. On Wednesday and Thursday, the market appeared to be finding an assemblance of a low. We came into a very, very important price zone. We're in a very, very important time zone. The market did put in a low. The following day on Thursday puts in a pseudo doji candle. Generally speaking, a way more than 80% of the time, but using the 80-20 rule, this type of setup, all these things put together, all these things stacked on top of each other, where we are in price, where we are in time, how the market behaved in and around this price at this time, all that stacked on top of each other is generally a recipe for a low, a recipe for a rip-your-face-off rally. What did we get on Friday into the closing bell? We got to kill him into the close, putting everything that I just said in question. So here's another awareness thing. It was quadruple witching options expiration. They're known to have shenanigans surrounding those type of events. We are still inside the low from last Wednesday. So here's last Wednesday on the 18th. The low is 228.02. 
We closed above that, never spiked through that intraday on Friday. Therefore, technically speaking, if you're just running by the rules, as long as the market does not close below Wednesday's low, it still could be a low and we can still have the rip your face off rally and everything that the chart set up for would still be technically intact. Does it look like that right now? Absolutely not. But we don't care what it looks like. We care what it is. Now, what happens if Sunday night we get a big gap down? We have another limit down on Monday. Obviously, this low or this proposed low from last Wednesday is off the board. If it's off the board, where the hell are they going? How low can they go? We'll come back to that in a couple of moments. First, let's zero in on these trend lines. We have the 245, the 240, the 235 and a quarter, and the 230.50. What we want to do is we want to display the importance of these numbers by looking down to the intraday charts to see how the market acted in and around these numbers. So while these numbers may represent from a larger time frame where the market would likely find support from a daily chart perspective, and you can see they're obviously... At least for the purposes of this market, they look bunched together. They are wide apart, but in the span of time and the span of points this market traveled, that is our zone. It's hard to believe it's a 15-point SPY zone, which makes it about 150-handle S&P 500 zone. Now watch what happens inside that zone over the last few days. Here's a little short hop for you. Here's a seven-minute chart. How many traders show you a seven-minute chart? I'm always pulling something out of my back pocket. Here's the 18th. So the market gaps down last Wednesday on the 18th, and you can see what happens inside these numbers. Here's the 245. The 245 number is a number inside the numbers members were watching very, very intently. The 240 number, the market seems to respect 240. 235, not so much yet, but 230.50, absolutely. And as we just move forward in time, you can see how the market moves back and forth through these numbers. Doesn't necessarily stop on a dime at these numbers, but you can see what happens based on how much the market has been moving up or down at the time. These numbers are found to be supportive or to be resistant to the market over and over and over again. And you can see what happens into the end of the day on Friday. Look at the 230.50. Nice rocket ride off that. Looks like they're going to try and rally the market into the end of the day on Friday. But what happens instead, they kill them into the close. Basically close below everything. It looks like a really poor close. But being inside the low from last Wednesday still keeps a bull case alive. And it's not really necessarily a bull case. It's more of a bounce case. So real quick, what are you supposed to do with all this information? How can a trader just look at this, show up on Monday, understand what's happening, and take the information that you just heard and say, how do I put this together? Here's what I would say. If in fact on Monday... The market is closing, or any time for that matter, the market is closing hourly below last Wednesday's low. That's the low right here. It is 228.02. Closing hourly below 228.02 is generally going to be a good night Irene scenario. We'll get to Irene in a moment. 
But staying above, staying above that low and continuing to trade above that low. And let's say on Monday, let's say they gap them up Sunday night and they trade higher on Monday. Even if they gap them down Sunday and end up trading higher on Monday, either way, as long as you don't see a daily close below that number, 228.02, in the SPY, then that tail candle is still technically good and in play. Getting below... Closing hourly below, a big gap down Sunday night, trading down Monday. So all bets would be off for the tail low. Now the question is, look out below. Where are they going? Are you going to give us the freaking number? Well, at this point, I'm going to give you a number. The answer is yes. But first, what we're going to do is we're going to take this stuff off the screen. Thank you for the correction. I might know my numbers, but I don't necessarily know my colors. 235 and a quarter, off the board. 230.50, off the board. The only number we need up here right now, or down here, wherever we think we are, is the tail low from Wednesday, and we need to know whether it holds or not. That's it, period, full stop. Now, when you go over to a weekly chart, we pretty clearly cut through the December 2018 lows as it appears like a hot knife through butter. The week before, we got a tremendous rally long before that low, but now we closed below that low. That, in and of itself, is a bearish sign. That's not positive, that's a negative. Could it be the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew and they can reverse it real quick? Absolutely, they could. However, just on its face, it's not bullish, it's bearish. So that's a pretty epic crash. We've had five solid weeks of absolute perpetual selling. Hard, fast, high, wide, and deep. Some of the stocks across the market have been absolutely gutted. On a continuation crash, where does this thing go? What's the next series of numbers? The next area, really, where the market would find an assemblance of support if reached. In other words, where's the next spot this trader would step in with three hands? Not to say there isn't a trade before here. However, what I'm suggesting is if we found the market down here, and stand by, I haven't got to here yet, but if we found the market down here, it's one of the spots we talk about all the time. May not be exactly easy to pinpoint to the penny, but when I flip to the next chart, you're going to see exactly what we see, what we talk about, where many of the trades come from. So there's two things going on. One is, are we really going to have another take them out behind the woodshed kind of decline? And if we do, where's that spot? You have to go over to the monthly chart. There it is. 205, 204, 203. I've got a couple of numbers identified up there, but the numbers aren't exact to the penny. The numbers are an area. The market's moving too fast. The moves are too quick and wide. Nothing is stopping at a number, so we have to use a zone. 205, 206, 204, 203, something in this neighborhood. Now, it's well below the 100-month moving average. So here's what I'll say. If we found the market down there in short order, meaning Monday, Tuesday, that type of thing, you have until the close of March to get back above the 100 period moving average. Now hear this out. That's a week from Tuesday. Now let's say they pulled the rug out again, opened the trap door, and hammered the market down to that zone. 
before the end of the month, before the close of March, they're going to try and rally it back to close above the 100 period moving average. Can they do it? I don't know, but they're going to try. 200, while not identified for the purposes of the numbers in this video, 200 is a huge and big fat round number. Are they just going to slice through 200 like a hot knife through butter? Are they even going to get to 200? We'll find out. Time will tell. But this is the next area of interest. Could they stop short, turn around long before that? Could they never even get here anytime soon? Absolutely. I'm giving you a follow-through crash number. You have to know both sides. You have to be the umpire. You have to have an awareness and you have to be pre-prepared. You have to be prepared for what if. Because I'm here to tell you this. If the market is down in this zone sooner than later, like Monday, Tuesday type of thing, if that happens, who the hell is going to want to buy the market down there except some professional traders? Most people will be running for the hills. Most individual investors will be throwing up the remainder of their portfolio. That will be a capitulation low if reached within the next couple of days. If we have a follow-on crash into the first part of this week, that's going to be the case. That's going to be the, I can't take it anymore, get me out of this freaking market, it's all bullshit, it's rigged, I can't take it anymore. And that, my friends, will be a pretty good sign of a low. Now, I know we've had fits and starts, I'm looking for a low, I get the whole point, but guess what? I'm going to keep looking for the low until we find the low. I'm not going to give up looking. Think about it for a second. Because we haven't found the absolute low yet, yet is the absolute term or the operative word, doesn't mean we're not going to find the low. And I'm not going to give up looking. The market will have a low and the market will have a rip your face off rally. And I'm here to tell you, you want to participate. You don't have to be the first one in. You don't have to catch the low. You want to catch a chunk of the rally. If you don't catch a chunk of the rally, you're going to feel like a fool. Here's a question that'll come up. If we find the market gapping down Sunday night, gapping down Monday, can we hop on board and ride it down to these numbers? And here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get to these numbers. What I'm saying is, if the market gets to these numbers, I'm stepping in. You have to be able to interpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying if the market's down, it will get to those numbers. I'm saying if the market's down and it gets to those numbers, I'm going to allocate capital because for me, that's a buy zone. Could the market get to the 100 period moving average, for example, at around 217 and have a rocket ride off that? Absolutely. What's special about this area, by the way? Well, the market consolidated here for quite some time and did what? It broke out. This was a tremendous rally. So what's it doing? It's coming back to pay a visit to or retest a former breakout area. Don't we talk about this stuff all the time? Here's another thing we talk about all the time. How all charts act and react the same way. Now it doesn't matter whether we're in the middle of a crash or it doesn't matter whether we're looking at an hourly chart or even a five minute chart. All charts act and react the same way. So a chart or a stock or an index, whatever it is, will find support or resistance at the same general area no matter what chart you're looking at. This could very well be an hourly chart with just a few days of activity and you'll get the same type of result. 
the same characteristics exist. So who's to say where the actual breakout area is? Well, on this one, you really can't. It's debatable. I could build a pretty good case that the actual breakout area was about 214. And once price closed above 214 on probably a weekly or monthly basis based on this type of analysis at 214, a close above 214, that was all she wrote. That was the breakout point. Now, you may not or may have known that at the time, but we have the benefit of playing Monday morning quarterback. We have the benefit of hindsight. We know where the market broke out here. Where does 214 come in? Why is that important? Well, here's a high over here. The high is 213.78. So you can see what happened. My take is the market went up to somewhere around 214, slightly less, a bunch of times, almost every single month, went to beat or try to get above 214, and it failed. So it did it once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We'll count this one, nine, 10, 11. We can make a case for 10 or 11 times to get above that general area, 213 to 214. So guess what? Once it started to trade above that area, it was on a breakout. What's it doing? It's coming back to test a former breakout area. It is that simple, the lion's share of the time. Now, if price got there, got to that zone in the next couple of days, I can tell you, nobody's going to want to buy it. There's going to be hell breaking loose around the market, around the world. We all know about the coronavirus. Things aren't getting better. They're getting worse in terms of the U.S. market. When I say market, I don't mean stock market. I mean U.S. as a whole in terms of the virus spreading. And it really is hard to imagine almost an entire economy being shut down in a matter of days. And that's what we're seeing here in the U.S. And that's why there's such concern. That's why there's such panic. And by the way, that's why we don't know about this one. We haven't been here before. Questions come in like this. Can they actually shut down everything? Can they shut down the stock market? And I want to address that question. I think it's a really, really important question. I'm going to give you my opinion, my take. I don't know whether they will or they won't, but I'm going to tell you what I think. What I think is no chance in hell. I think that would be a terrible idea. There have been horrific things that have happened in the past. The market will find an equilibrium. Price discovery is important. If you shut the market down and you don't let price discover where price needs to be, the market will work. Buyers and sellers will figure out fair value of what cash is willing to pay for certain things. It always does. Once that happens, things will normalize. If you take that ability away, if you take the ability away to find or price assets where they belong, find or have price discovery, then the whole market changes. You have to let the market work. You have to let the market do what the market is supposed to do. That is, by definition, a market. We've still yet to see some bankruptcies, some failures. We haven't seen anything like that on mass scale. We need to see that stuff to try and find the components of what will be a capitulation low. There has to be energy company failures and others, by the way, obviously others. There's going to be a lot of companies that are not going to be able to come through this. They're not going to be able to come through the shutdown. The government's going to try everything they can to keep as many people, as many businesses as they can afloat. But it's impossible. They can't support the entire economy. It doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, 
This is part of a normal cleansing process. It's painful. Nobody likes to see it, but it is what it is. And this is the way markets work. Check out the IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. Here's something to hang your hat on if you're bullish. If you're looking for a bounce on Monday, you can hang your hat on the IWM, not at the lows. Why is that? Why didn't it get killed into the close down to the same magnitude and to the same price level that the S&P 500 did. Why isn't this anywhere near the lows from Thursday or Friday? I think it's a fair question. I think it's a puzzle piece, and I think it's on the table. My second favorite market-leading indicator, taking a detour down to the transportation department, we have a similar routine. There's a tail candle, there's a low from Thursday, and we're nowhere near the low on close on Friday. Why is that? Are you paying attention? I don't know whether this will work out to be anything, but I can't help but notice this. They have to be puzzle pieces, and they must be on the table. The cues. With the cues, we have somewhat of a tweener. What's a tweener? Well, you're playing golf, and you think it's a five iron, maybe a six iron. It's kind of in between. That's a tweener. It's not near the Thursday, Friday lows, but it's not as high as the transports and the IWM was. So it's in between, therefore, it's a tweener. Nothing we can do with it, we're just stating the facts. The whole market's either going to get crushed, or the whole market's either going to get a rally. That's just the way it's going to be leading into this week. Similar situation in the XLF. Are you beginning to see a theme with everything we follow, and everything seems to diverge from where the S&P 500 finished the day on Friday? So the question is, was that an anomaly? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Same routine. It's beginning to smell like the S&P was a rat. It's beginning to look like quadruple witching options expiration was a hoax. Shenanigans. A -a rope-a-dope. We're going to find out soon enough, but when I look at all these other charts and I see the divergence being the S&P... I have to take pause. Either way, we're going to see what happens Sunday night into Monday. And one thing we know is for sure, we're not going to have a dull week on our hands. There's money to be made in the market. There's money to be made on both sides of the tape. Inside the numbers members are making money. And I'm working as hard as I can to make sure that that happens for them. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That's true and accurate information. And this, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for the weekend video. I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.